Revelations chapter 20, starting at verse number 10. Well, with all the people that we have out, look at this wonderful crowd that we have here today. Amen. Wonderful crowd that we have here today. Revelations chapter 20, we're going to start reading at verse number 10. The scripture says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him, somebody say him, and him that sat on the throne. So there's one throne. And there's only one that sits on the throne. And it says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So it doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what your position is. You can be the president of the United States. You can be the cleaner at Crackle Barrel. I'm hungry already. Doesn't matter. You're all going to stand before God. Small and great stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So there were books that were open, and in certain books, there were the deeds of men and women according to their works. And then there was another book that was open, which is the book of life. Verse number 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. You know how many customary traditions where we have our loved ones cremated and then we would spread the ashes in the sea. What well, doesn't matter if you are cremated, doesn't matter if you're put in as a whole body, everybody's going to stand before God. The scripture says, and the sea gave up the dead. You see that? The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I don't know about you, but I want my name written in that book. <laughs> Amen. I want my name in that book. Well, let's find out how to get put in that book today. Amen. I want to preach today about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, oh God, that you may have your way in this service. God, this is your church. We are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, according to your glory. Use me for your purpose. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. And I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. 
You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It is in Genesis chapter number three, we see that evil is present. It is in Genesis chapter number three that we see evil is present in the earth. It is in the third chapter that opens with these three words, which is now the serpent. It is in Genesis chapter number three that opens up with the three words, now the serpent. And then we find where the serpent begins to question God. And he begins to question not only God, but he begins to question his word. See, anytime you allow yourself to be entertained by people who question God and his word, that's a problem. The Bible says that we are to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not only did Eve in the beginning entertain the serpent with communication, but began to embrace his words of deception. For the scripture says in Genesis 3, starting at verse 5, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And then the scripture says, and when the woman saw that the tree now all of a sudden is good. Now the tree is good for food now. Now she sees this tree in a different light than what she did before. All because she entertained the words of the serpent. What once looked evil, what once looked bad, what once you would resist and stay away from, now because you've entertained the fact, now it looks good. See, that's why we've got to be very careful who we position ourselves around and the voices that we listen to. Because one day we'll say, I would never do that. And the very next day or week, all of a sudden you're saying, this looks good to me. That's why I say, and I say it again, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The scripture says that it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eye and it desired to make one wise. Now she's inquisitive. She's interested in this food now. So she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and then gave to her husband that was with her and he did eat. And the Bible says in verse number seven, and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And he said, I heard thy voice in verse number 10 as you go down because now that sin has entered into the world, now that they've entertained what the serpent has said. See, we must separate the two. Sin had not entered into the world in, in chapter number 3, verse number 1, when it says, now the serpent. no. Evil was present in the world because the devil was in the earth at that particular time. The Bible lets us know, if you can just indulge me for a little bit, that evil was not always in the earth. But the Bible lets us know in the book of Revelations that there was a war that took place in heaven. 
And that war took place because the devil, whose name was Lucifer, thought he can be like the Most High. And when he thought he can be like the Most High, the scripture says there was a war that took place in heaven. And the devil, who was Lucifer, not only tricked himself, but also pulled in one-third of the angels. Well, he may have took one-third, but there's two-thirds still on our side. <laughs> So for every demon that tries to attack you, there's at least two angels that are for you. There was a war that took place in heaven. And we know who won that battle because God doesn't lose a battle. Anytime the Lord steps in, whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. Anytime God steps in on your behalf, he's not going to lose that battle. Oh, no, no. I don't care what comes up against you. I don't care what devil's trying to fight you. I don't care what demons attacking your home. I don't care what's happening in your life. When God steps in, he will win every single time. Somebody shout victory. Hallelujah. God kicked him out. I beheld you like lightning fall from heaven. God kicked him on out, kicked a third of the angels out because they wanted to listen to that foolishness, that nonsense. And the devil's been doing what he did in heaven ever since. Trying to convince people to pull away from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so now here they are, their sin has now stepped in. And they have realized something that they never realized before. Because, see, before there was no shame. That's why they can be naked and not be ashamed. Because there was no shame. There was no guilt. There was pure innocence. But now that innocence is gone. And now it's been revealed to them. That's why they go and hide. And they took some fig leaves. That's the closest thing that they can grab, obviously. And they tied those things together and made themselves an apron, meaning from the loins or the waist down. They covered themselves here. The scripture says in verse number 10, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden because God now comes looking for Adam. He said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And, G and the Lord says, and he said, who told you you was naked? I, I never said anything about that. So where'd you learn that from? Who, who told you that? Did you eat from that tree that I told you not to? Did, did, did you do that? Well, as we know, as you read that book, as you read that story, they begin to play the blame game where Adam says, well, it's that woman you gave me. And I'm not trying to start any marriage counselings in here. It's that woman you gave me. And then the woman says, no, 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 it's, it's that serpent. They begin to blame it on one another. But regardless of whose fault it was, whenever we indulge in sin whenever we make a mistake there's always going to be consequences I, I want to teach just for a moment here that because consequences are happening in your life that doesn't mean God doesn't love you see people mistake consequences as the absence of God that is not true 
Consequences is because we messed up. And when we make a mistake, there's going to be consequences. But that doesn't mean God's love isn't still there. No, uh -uh. there's consequences, but his love was still there. The Bible lets us know in verse number 16 what the consequences were. It says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, because you listened to her. See, this verse here helps me to really understand the way I put it together because there are many people that argue the fact because the scripture says, and he gave, she gave to her husband with her. So there are some that say that Adam was right there with her. There are others that believe that Adam was not there close by during the conversation. I am a believer of that. I don't believe that Adam was right there listening to the serpent as the serpent was talking because then both of them would have been beguiled. But the scripture says, no, the woman was. And then he took, she took and gave to her husband because we know them women have very convincing tactics. Praise God. <laughs> but because you listened to the voice of your wife and you ate what I told you not to eat, he said, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And then he continues on, and in verse number 21, we can drop down, and God says, well, I'm not done with y'all yet, because these fig leaves aren't going to cut it. What, how you try to cover yourself isn't good enough. This is a good symbolism for us here today, because oftentimes we, if we thought we knew how to dress, we really don't know how to. We don't know how to do things because God is a God of holiness and purity. And he is a God that it really stands for modesty. That we shouldn't be going out just looking all kind of way, doing all kind of things, just showing off everything that we have. Amen. But he's a God of modesty. He doesn't want you just out there just looking any old kind of way. So he says, these fig leaves aren't going to cut it now. So see, now that your eyes have been opened, uh-huh. We got to cover you because that means everybody after you, their eyes are going to be open as well. So then the scripture says in verse number 21, unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them? Somebody say he covered them. He covered them. Sin has now entered into earth and because of sin, the shedding of blood, innocent blood becomes the atonement for mankind. We find this in Leviticus. It is explained very plainly in Leviticus chapter 17, starting at verse number 10. It says, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and I will cut him off from among the people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for 
your souls. So Leviticus chapter 17 is the Old Testament's central statement about the significance of blood in the sacrificial system. God speaking to Moses declares, for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. A sacrifice is defined as the offering up of something precious for a cause or a reason. Making atonement is satisfying someone or something for an offense committed. The Leviticus verse can be read more clearly now. Now we can understand if you put back up Leviticus 17 verse number 11. The Leviticus verse is reading here that God said, I have given it to you, meaning the creature's life, which is in its blood, to make an atonement for yourselves, the covering, covering the offense you made against me. Covering the offense, to put it very plainly, you have committed against God. In other words, those who are covered by the blood, covered by the blood sacrifice, are set free from the consequences of sin. So it is important that the blood was made for an atonement because there are many in that day, even in this day. That's why the Lord God said, don't eat the blood. It is important that you do not eat the blood. If you do, I will cut you off. There are people in that day, even in this day, that think they can kill a lion, a tiger, a bear, and drink of that blood to take on some of the attributes of that animal. As crazy as that may sound, it is real, and it is a true thing that people try to do that, but it was not for that purpose. He's saying that the blood is an atonement. It is for the covering of your sins. That's why in Hebrews chapter number 9, starting at verse number 11, it says, but Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 9 confirms the symbolism of blood as life as it applies in Leviticus chapter 17 to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 12 states clearly in Hebrews 9, states clearly that the Old Testament blood sacrifices were temporary and only atoned for sin partially and for a short time. Hence the need to repeat the sacrifices yearly. Every year they had to bring the sacrifices before the Lord in order to push back their sin for one year. But when Jesus came, somebody say Jesus, but when Jesus Christ entered the most holy place, he did so to offer his own blood once and for all. Once for all time, making future sacrifices unnecessary. This is what Jesus meant when he was on the cross, his last dying words, when he made the statement, it is finished. Never again would the blood of bulls and goats cleanse men from their sins. Only the blood of Jesus. That's why he said it is finished. And that's why we can sing today, what 
can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What? can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Some ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why Jesus said it himself in Luke chapter number 24, verse number 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. I must say that again. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. So change starts with Jesus. And removal of sins starts with Jesus. That's why Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But it doesn't stop there because it does not just apply to those on the day of Pentecost. For verse 39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off as many as the Lord God shall call. So the scripture lets us know just to confirm everything that in the book of Colossians chapter number 2 in verse number 12, the Bible says that we are buried with him in baptism. That we are buried with him in baptism. Why? Because we need to be buried. We need to have everything down because it is a symbolism of his burial, of his death. That's why the scripture says it plainly that we are buried with him in baptism. I'm thankful for Charles who went down in Jesus' name last Sunday. I'm very thankful to the Lord because I got a phone call uh, on yesterday, I believe, uh, that a young man wants to meet me here this afternoon around 2.30 to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. In verse number 14 in Colossians chapter 2, it says that blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Somebody shouts the blood. <laughs> That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That's worth a praise from the Lord right there. That's worth the praise to the Lord right there. I thank him and I praise him because he endured. And because he endured, he expects you and I to endure. I want to pause here for a moment because God expects you to come out. If you are in a trial, if you are in a battle, he expects you to come out. He expects you to be victorious. God will never send you into a battle without him having you in mind to bring you 
out. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Genesis chapter 8 verse number 1 where it says, and God remembered Noah as if God forgot all about Noah, but no, God remembered him. He remembered his sacrifice. He remembered his endurance. He remembered what all he's been through in order to save mankind. I want to remind someone that God remembers you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through and he expects you to pull out. Amen. Amen. He expects you to come out of whatever situation that you are in because he endured. So he expects you and I to endure. So the scripture says in Revelation chapter 20 that we opened up with, starting in verse number 12. The Bible says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the Bible says, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So the scripture lets us know it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're alive or dead, whether you're in the ground or in the sea, that we're all going to stand before God. And the scripture lets us know that there's going to be books that are going to be open, that there are many books that are open, and these books are going to have the deeds that we have done, every idle word that we have said, everything that we have done in our lifetime are going to be in the these books. So everything that you've done up until this point, everything that you're going to do throughout the rest of this day and throughout the rest of next week is in the books. So everything is written down. God sees and he knows all things. There's nothing hidden from God. So you can hide it from mommy and daddy. You can hide it from grandma and grandpa. You can hide it from family and certain other friends, but you cannot hide from God. God sees you in the high places. He sees you in the secret places. He sees you when all the lights are on. He sees you when all the lights are off. Everything we do, everything we say are written in the books. And then the Bible says another book is open, which is the book of life. Now this is the book we want to make sure that we are in. No matter what our deeds are, no matter what our words have been, no matter what your actions are, those are recorded here. But as long as your name is written in this book. This is the book that matters because this book is going to get you into heaven. Now we must understand a very simple principle that is important to the blood because when Jesus came and died for our sins, he died once and for all. He's not coming back again to die again. Uh -huh. He's already done that. He's already come and died for you and I. And that blood that was shed on that cross, the Bible says he nailed himself to that cross as a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. He shed innocent blood for you and I. So now, therefore, we don't have to shed innocent blood of animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus came to be our sacrifice. And that's why it is important that we obey God's word because not only do we must we believe in Jesus Christ, but the scripture says that we are buried with him in baptism because when you get buried in that name it is for the removal or the remission of sins 
And when you get buried in that name, when you're baptized in that name, the sins, your transgressions, your trespasses, your faults are covered by the blood. Well, I, I'm going to get excited here in a little bit. I'm, I'm really trying to remain calm because I need you to get what I'm saying. What I'm simply saying is, is that all the things that you and I have done, that when the books become open and your name comes up and you stand before God, he says, well, Eddie Robinson, Eddie Robinson, then he begins to say our name and all the deeds that are there. Every idle word that I've said, every action that I've done, every wrong I've accused, every time I've lied, every time I've cursed, every time I've stolen, every time I've did something wrong that I know I shouldn't be doing, every time I've did something because I was buried in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that is shown here is covered by the blood. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I want to explain this just a little bit more because every time he turns a page he doesn't see anything. Every time you lied, I don't see it anymore. Every time you stole, I don't see it anymore. Every time you made a mistake, I don't see it anymore. Let me see if your name is written in the book. Oh, there he is. Eddie Robinson. I don't see the mistakes. All I see is life. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Hallelujah. Somebody shout the blood, the blood, the blood. It's because of the blood of Jesus. Every mistake that's in these books, it is red. There is nothing in it but red. It's covered by the blood. You ought to rejoice because we deserve death. But because of the blood, we receive life. Oh, let's clap our hands and magnify him just for a moment. See, I need you to understand this very plainly because every child from the age of five and older, they should be able to get what I'm saying. Everybody should understand. What I'm simply saying is, is what they did in the Old Testament did not erase their mistakes. When they were sacrificing goats and every other animal, bulls, it was not erasing their mistakes. No, God was just excusing them. Uh-huh. That's all God was excusing. It. There's Bible for that, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to go there right now. He was just excusing it for a while. He was saying, I'm going to push that to the side. I'm going to push it to the side. And then they had to come back the next year and do the same thing over again. And he would just excuse it again. But if he was to open the books, it would still be there. 
he would still see every idle word, every idle, every deed, everything we did in the dark, everything we did that we think we got away with, it still be there. The things that we think, oh, it's been 10, 15 years, I got away with that. That person's dead and gone now. They have no idea, but it's still recorded in the book. It's still here in the book. So when we stand before God, it was there. So Jesus said, these goats and these animals can't do it because I still see the problems. I still see the mistakes. It's ever before me in heaven. I've got to come down. I've got to give my own life. I've got to... Mm. I've got to wrap myself in flesh. I've got to come down and hang on a cross. I've got to give my life for all of mankind. And when he hung there and said with those words, it is finished. It is in that moment where all the dark black begin to be covered with red. Everything in those books begin to be covered. Everything begin to... So now, children, you see why us older folks get excited when we say, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, that's, that's why we get excited. Because when we stand before God, when the books are open, the blood is covering my mistakes. The blood is covering my flaws, my mess-ups. It's the blood of Jesus that covers it. And see, that's why you cannot allow people to hinder you and call you by your past. Because people will try to bring up what's in the book. And people will try to stop you from becoming what God already sees you as, which is life. So don't allow people to remind you of what you used to be. You just tell them it's under the blood. If you can't forgive me and move on, God has forgiven me and he's moving on. So I can't worry about you trying to stop me from moving forward because it's under the blood. Oh, some ought to say that right now is under the blood hallelujah see there's symbolism can, can I just have a few more minutes we'll, we'll get out of here all right so so there's symbolism here remember uh, uh, the 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 uh, the last plague uh, when 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 God was had the ten plagues of some of y'all already know where I'm going. Uh, see, yeah, the last plague and, uh, against Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And, and we know that that last one was where when God commanded his people to apply the blood to the doorposts. Because the death angel was going to come through and kill all of the firstborn children. And so if the people of God did not take heed to what God was instructing them to do, then their firstborn would have been taken as well. 
But God said you ought to apply the blood. And he says when I see the blood, I will pass over you. It's the exact same thing in the books. When he sees the blood, he's going to pass over judgment and what should be happening to us. And he's going to come to that book of life. The Bible lets us know. Uh huh. See, if you follow that story, that after the death angel came through, when after he seen the blood, and, and now Pharaoh's had enough, and now because his own child has died as well, and so now he done kicked them out of there, and now they're on the way, and they're hitting the Red Sea. Uh huh. And then Pharaoh, all of a sudden, you know, he gets uh, that pride kicks in. Uh -huh. Pride kicked in. He didn't want to be known as the Pharaoh that let the slaves get away. Uh huh. And so now he's chasing after the Jews. And now the Israelites are here up against water. And now they see the Egyptian army coming against them. And the Bible lets us know that God told Moses to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the scripture lets us know, listen to these words now. This is why baptism is so important. He says, who you see now, you will see no more. And see, that is equivalent to baptism today because when we are baptized the sins that we have committed God will see them no more and so it was the exact same thing that God took those people through a form of baptism so when he opened up that water he allowed them to walk across on dry land and once they got over to the other side now the Egyptian army is now walking across to dry land thinking they're going to get through it as well but see your sins do not follow you once you go down instantly, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to know how to have your mistakes washed away, have your sins washed away, it is important to have this covered in red so that you can come and enter into the book of life. Well, Jesus plainly told Nicodemus that you must be born again and that you must be born again of water and of spirit. That's how, He said that's how you enter into the kingdom of God. He was saying to plain, plainly to Nicodemus, if you want to have your name written in the book of life, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you must be filled with his spirit. That's why Peter said, you got to repent. You got to change from your ways and be baptized. Somebody say every one of you. I like when Peter said that every one of you, he's not leaving nobody out. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter about the color of your skin. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that doesn't discriminate. <laughs> yes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He said, but every one of you, because just about every 17 different nationalities were there. He said, but every one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off as many as the Lord God shall call. That's how you have your name written in this book and that's how you have red covering this area. I don't know about you but I am thankful that the Lord died on the cross. I'm thankful that he shed his blood so that my mistakes are covered and they are under the blood. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. <laughs>
Hallelujah. So in closing, Exodus chapter 14, verse number 14. I want you to turn to someone next to you and just simply say, stop trying to prove yourself. Stop trying to prove yourself. Why it's important that you tell the person next to you is because we too often try to prove ourselves to people. We do it too often. We try to prove ourselves to people. Especially to those who still see us as our past. And it's those closest to you that can affect you and hurt you the most because they know the most about your past. Stop trying to prove yourself to people, especially those that know about your past. Because you've been washed in the blood. You've been washed the blood it's under the blood if you have been baptized the scripture says that we are buried with him in baptism if you've been baptized but I, but I, but I thought he where, where's that at when he when he cussed his mama out What about when he, did he steal that, what, what's, what, what, he got in that fight, oh, the fight, yeah, 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 that's got to be in here. says something about the pastor. I know that's in there. Hey, there's no way. It's not there. How can this be? Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, Verse number nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. <laughs> He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how many? From how many? All unrighteousness is not there. It's covered under the blood. <laughs> See, I don't know how that makes you feel, but I don't deserve this. 
I don't deserve to have my name here. I don't deserve to have my name written in life. I deserve condemnation. I deserve death. I don't deserve a second chance. But I've been given chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. Oh, I can keep going after chance. But God still has my name written in the book of life because I've confessed my sins. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a no good person. I need you, God. Change me of my ways. I know I made a mistake, but Lord, forgive me. And that has the blood cover and that keeps my name written in the book. Let's stand to our feet all across this room. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and magnify the Lord in here. Come on. Let's lift our hands and magnify him just for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. 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 Thank you, Lord, for the blood. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. How do you get your name written in the book? We repent. We're baptized. We're baptized. We're buried with him. Scripture says it. We're baptized in his name. We get filled with his spirit. Your name gets written here in the book. Everything is covered in red. How do we keep our name in the book? Because just because our name is written doesn't mean it stays. Doesn't mean we can just do whatever we want to do. Live however we want to live. No, no, God forbid. We don't just continue in sin. But we do, we get connected to a body of believers. That helps. You get connected to a church family. Because as strong as you think you are, it's tough trying to do things by yourself. That's why the quarantine affected so many people. It was, it, was, it was hard. It was tough. Amen. You get connected. You stay humble. And you obey 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. Verse number 8 says this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth, that means we make mistakes. Is anybody in here mistake free? Okay, just checking. I was going to have you come preach. It, you see that? If we say we have, we, we lying to ourselves truth's not in you. And then it says if we confess our sins, he's faithful. 
And he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, cleanse under the blood. Cleanse under the blood. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's the God that we serve. That's how you stay 